0: I'm talking about
1: stepping or moving into a new thing with God or a new level with God or embracing the new move of God and experiencing it personally. Since I got born again those many years ago at the age of 17 and a half, I've always heard people say, That revival is coming. I've always asked myself, is the coming of revival similar to the second coming of Jesus Christ? Because I hear people say, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. But then I realize revival is not coming. If you don't see revival as a river, or a tsunami, you see revival is a well which you must personally stretch out and draw from at individual level. Revival will keep coming and never arrive to you. And I also realize that when God gives you a word on something he wants you to do, he will give you an adjoining word which is like,
0: what to say, in simpler terms,
1: an interface or, you know, when the people, the IT guys develop an app for it to work in your phone, they have to create a so that it can function properly in your phone. Same, when God gives you a word, a prophetic word, he does not leave you hanging to figure out what to do. He gives you an adjoining word which is instructional in nature and then he wants you to flow in that word. He wants you to obey that word, walk in that word until what he spoke comes to be realized. In other words, God does not want us to do his will our way. He wants us to do his will his way and The Lord would really want to just be involved in everything that he is doing himself. Remember, it is for his glory. So when he says something, it's always good to wait. Whether you're in prayer or whether you're in a service like this one, when you go home, it's always good to go and find a quiet time. Not to pray, but to wait and listen to the Holy Spirit. So that you can know how the Lord wants you to execute his will. So I'm going to read a text from the book of Second Kings chapter 7. Second Kings chapter 7, we are going to read, it's a whole chapter text today. So I told you I love stories. So we are going to read 20 verses together. 20 verses together, from verse 1 to verse 20. Are you ready? All right, we are reading from the New King James Version. Let's go. Then Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow about this time, a seer of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel. and two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And he said, In fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, Why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. Now therefore, come let us surrender to the army of the Syrians, if they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall die. We shall only die. I, 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 like, I like one translation of the Bible, it says we should have died anyway. <laughs> Let's continue verse 5. And they rose up at twilight to go on to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of the chariots and the noise of the horses and the noise of the great army. So they say to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore they arose and fled at twilight, and left the camp intact. Their tents, their horses, their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank and carried from it silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. Then they came, uh, switch back, then then they came back and entered another tent and carried some from there and went and hid it. That's the poverty mindset. Let's keep going. To one another. We are not doing right. This is the day of good news and we remain silent. If we wait until morning light, Some punishment will come upon us. Now therefore, come, let us go, and tell the king's household. So they went and called the gatekeepers of the city and told them, saying, We went to the Syrian camp, and surprisingly, no one was there. Not a human sound. Only horses and donkeys tied and the tents intact. I want you to notice something. The lepers who could not talk to anyone in the city went to report to the king's house. Verse 11. And the gatekeepers called out and they told it to the king's household. So the king arose in the night and said to his servants, let me now tell you what the Syrians have done to us they know that we are hungry therefore they have gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field saying when they come out of the city we shall catch them alive and get into the city and one of his servants answered and said please let's have romantic take five of the remaining horses which are left in the city look they may either become like all the multitude of Israel that are left in it, or indeed I say, they may become like all the multitude of Israel left from those who are consumed. So let us send them and see. Therefore they took two chariots with horses, and the king sent them in the direction of the Syrian army, saying, Go and see. And they went after them to the Jordan, and indeed... The road was full of garments and weapons which the Syrians had thrown away in their haste. So the messengers returned to the king and told the king. Then the people went out and plundered the tents of the Syrians. So a seer of fine flour was sold for a shekel, and two seahs of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. Now the king had appointed the officer and leaned to have charge of the gate, but the people trampled him in the gate and he died, just as the man of God had said, who spoke when the king came down to him. So it happened, just as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, two seers of barley for a shekel And a sea of fine flour for a shekel shall be sold tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria."
0: Can we go home? <laughs> Such a fine story.
1: I like to read Bible stories with a lot of insight because this is not a parable. This is something that happened in time. In in the in the book of Second Kings, chapter six, we see the same guy is attacking. But this time the prophet blinds them and takes them out. But the second time they come and there is a lockdown in the city. If you read chapter 6, it's so bad that, sorry to say this,
0: women are cooking their babies. In fact, there is a case. Two women agreed that they will cook one baby today, then the other ladies tomorrow. But when the turn for the second lady came,
1: she refused. So they went to the king. And the king tore his clothes. I'm just wondering, if women were cooking babies, men should have been hunting babies. That's that's a desperate situation. I I want you to see the desperation in that city. It's a lockdown. The first time, God used Elisha to deliver the people. This second time, he uses him, but it's in a
0: very unique way. The Bible says in that situation, Elijah speaks. He says, hear ye the word of the Lord. I will say something. The word of God is the solution or has the solution to everything. And I'm not just talking about the word you read and repeat. But the word which you hear in the spirit. And
1: it comes alive in you. When we got born again those years. We used to place Bibles under our pillows and believe we are safe. We use the word of God as a charm and um, you see people do stuff you know and people used to carry Bibles for self-defense. If someone sees you with a Bible they know you are born again so they don't bother you. But when the word of God or the revelation of the word of God comes into your life it creates a solution for every condition, for every situation. And not just a solution, it's the word of God that takes you from one level to another. If you want to grow spiritually, God will send his word to you. But how do you know that it is
0: a word from God?
1: Especially in this century in. Everybody else is saying, God told me. God showed me. I'll
0: give you a few keys
1: as we move on. One, you need to identify prophets. Identify prophets. I'm talking about a holy man of God. I'm not talking about somebody with... um, A yellow, purple, green, whatever mixture of colors, trying to be spiritual in the flesh by spinning around and saying some chants. And, come out of rain. I'm talking about identifying. Most of the times, when God sends a man of God to you, you are most likely to miss him. The Sunamite woman, if she wasn't careful in the spirit, would have missed her next move in her life. But she identifies, she said to the husband, this is a holy man of God. Most of the times when I speak to people in churches, I like to implore them to be sensitive in the spirit to the set man of God. God sends your pastor to you. He brings messages every Sunday. And sometimes it may look so usual that every Sunday he comes here, declares the word. Hey, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will be glad and rejoice. All these kind of things. And we, we end up getting into spiritual motions. We know when to shout, when to jump, when to respond. And we go home. I want you to
0: notice something. Elisha was in the same lockdown. But God put him there strategically.
1: When God sends a prophet to you, Or sets a prophet to you, the ministers that he sends to you in this church. They are not men on employment. They they are holy men of God. They bring the word in season. And if you follow adjoining instructions and receive what they teach as God's immediate direction for your life, you keep soaring high. I mean, if if you want to get a personal revival, I know, not in this church. There are churches where people go on Sunday for miracle shopping. They don't care how they live, they don't care about their relationship with God, they just want a miracle. God heal me, don't bother me. God wants a deeper relationship with us. Identify prophets. In Ephesians 4.11, the Amplified Classic, let's read together, and his gifts were varied. Let's start again, and his gifts were varied. He himself appointed and gave men to us, some to be apostles, special messengers, some prophets Inspired preachers, expounders, some evangelists, preachers of the gospel, traveling missionaries, some pastors, shepherds of his flock, and teachers. Prophets are called by God. And one of their major assignments is not just to declare times and seasons. It's also to help people understand how to get into a new season. Because when you have been in one season, you can get stuck there. Is that right? You can get stuck in one level because... It can be so good, you miss the next move of God.
0: They say, the greatest hindrance to advancement is
1: success. You know, as a young boy, I would go to some churches, and I would find very elderly people. And when I would ask them about the church and the pastor, sometimes they would discredit the pastor without knowing. They would start saying, "Ah, yeah, he's a small boy. We saw him when he came here. In fact, we know his parents. He comes from the other side of... I was like listening to these elderly men. Are they talking about a prophet that God has said to them? Or are they talking about a grandchild? You know, sometimes when talking to my late mother, I will tell you, I will tell her, now you have listened to me as your son, listen to me as a man of God. And I will get matters serious. I'll say, this and this and this will not happen as long as I am a man of God in this home. And She would like, wow, you have changed. Yes. I'm not saying we fear men of God. I'm just saying we. the Bible says we should, we should receive them. Point number two, after identifying them, receive the prophet. You see, the Bible instructs us in the book of Matthew chapter 10 and verse 41 on how to receive prophets and how to receive one another. What does it say? Let's read together. He who receives and welcomes and accepts a prophet because he is a prophet. And he who receives and welcomes and accepts who? A righteous man because he is a righteous man. We emphasize receiving the prophet. But we don't emphasize receiving the righteous man too. That's how we should receive each other. How do we refer to each other? How do we refer to prophets? How do we receive them? You see, it doesn't really matter who God has sent to you as a prophet. What matters is how you receive them. How do we receive each other in this
0: church? How do we refer to each other?
1: You see my brother Martin, yule mutu wa keyboard. If you can just be blessed by receiving someone. Receiving means to acknowledge. You acknowledge. You acknowledge this is this is a righteous man. You acknowledge this is a gift sent to me by God. For me to get to the climax of my calling and purpose in life. The Bible says in Ephesians 4 that, you know, these gifts are given to us, but they are not supposed to do the work of the ministry. Someone say, oh, pastors nowadays have become coaches. Who are they intended to be? They are called to perfect, to equip, and to perfect the saints for what? the work of the ministry so who does the work the pastor or
0: the church is
1: to perfect and equip the saints for the work of the ministry you have the work of the ministry this is an equipping service If you're waiting for your pastor to put up a big crusade in Garden City so that he can do the work of the ministry, this is an equipping service. After this service, look for someone witness to about Christ. Don't just bring them to church to be preached to. You've consumed a lot of word here. You can tell somebody something. Some of you don't even need to preach. You are in high ranking positions. If you talk about Jesus, nobody will talk back to you. Some of you have economic influence. I mean, come on, they will listen to you. God has called us to do his work. Receive the prophet as a prophet. I'm going to say something very important. If you are going to miss it, you probably miss the whole message. And this is it. The value we place on a prophetic word determines its level of manifestation in our lives. I repeat again the value we place on a prophetic word determines its level of manifestation in our lives i repeat again the value the value we place on a prophetic word determines its level of manifestation in our lives I want you to see this. The four lepers had nothing; they were only flowing in the spirit of the season. They got results. There's one guy on whose hand the king leaned. He had fresh word from the mouth of the prophet. Rema word tomorrow
0: is a day of economic change over. He looked at the man of God and said, if God
1: would open the windows of heaven and pour out grain, would this thing be He doubted the word. The word you doubt cannot work for you. He responded in the flesh to a word given in the spirit. Sometimes the problem is not the word, but the response we give to it. We have some architectural engineers here because I want to reason his reasoning in the flesh. If this man was talking about God opening his windows in heaven and still thought if God opened windows, nothing would happen, I want us to take him by his reasoning. Just how big is God? Carnally thinking. Heaven is his dwelling place, the earth is his footstool. That means the distance between his foot and his knee is equal to the distance from here to eternity. He weighs the waters of the oceans by his palm. It means if God wants to know how much is in the Indian Ocean, he can just I don't know, maybe the cameraman may just need to explain to us how wide his eye is because when he looks, he sees everywhere. But just for the sake of our understanding, I want us to construct a building where he can just, with a window, just to stick out his hand. At least it should be the size of one ocean, right? Carnally speaking. Can you imagine a window the size of Indian Ocean pouring grain? Not on a city, on a continent.
0: It would be an abundance catastrophe.
1: Isn't that right? So don't ever reason God in the flesh. The window of God is not four by six, it's on the size of your window. So when God says, I will open windows, don't think that window. Don't think in terms of the flesh. He is he, he is higher and bigger. I always tell people. Even if God was just in the flesh, I would still worship him. He's too big for me.
0: Pay attention to his
1: word. Lay your hold and grip on the word of God. During these trying times when everything is falling asunder, Especially if you're in business. You will talk about Corona all you want. But you see, if your business depends on the economy of this country, very soon the future of your business is going to be grim. It's true.
0: you'll need a different scheme of doing business.
1: Anytime God speaks, don't underestimate him. Sometimes we measure him in the natural, with our professional expertise, with our levels of knowledge and wisdom and understanding, but God is beyond all that. I know business went down during COVID. But I think there is never a time in history I have had such a good break and good business like COVID time. What was the key? No marketing strategy. No strategic plan. Everything was shut down. Only prayer, reading the word of God, and doing what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. He knows where your customers are. You see, we we have been, I'm not saying this because I'm not educated. I'm very educated in my own right. Very. I believe so. I'm very educated. So when I say don't rely on your education, I'm not trying to discredit. I'm not those preachers who are allergic to intelligence. when God releases his word to you, he has just released the Holy Spirit. That's what most people don't. He's the spirit of the word. That means you can't be spiritual without the word, but when God speaks a word to you, direct, and you know that's my word, in the spirit, the Holy Spirit has just been released to you. What we don't do at that moment like this guy is, we do not capture the ability of the Holy Spirit. We underestimate him. We think the Holy Spirit was given to give preachers revelations, to preach to people. But the Holy Spirit has every sense of everything sense of music, sense of architecture, sense of fashion, sense of humor. The Holy Spirit has everything. He is God the Spirit. He has everything. You see, when we talk about great men, great women of God, it's good we refer to preachers, but I know great men of God who we probably don't know. Can I tell you of two, there's a man who was born the last century. His name is David Vancouver, a Christian, spirit-filled Christian. He read Genesis and he saw God was speaking to the oceans and he, he it sent him as a quantum physicist to discover what, whether matter has memory. Like if God speaks to the ocean and the ocean is responding, you know, the ocean has to take it, has to store it, has to synthesize it, then act on it. Why would God speak to an ocean? According to us, the ocean is a dead thing. And he prayed. And he asked God, does matter have memory? David Van Covering would later discover that matter has memory from a wooden table. He started the Elswein Research Institute of Quantum Physics and he is the father of lesser technology. The technology used on DVDs and mass storage devices the father of that is a born-again Christian-filled person who had it from the Lord. He also, during his prayer time, if you're in business, you need to pray a lot, more than your pastor. It's true. When the devil hits the city, you are the first culprit. It only comes down to us later. that yeah he, he he went during his prayer time, he was caught up in heaven, and David van Covering heard the music of heaven. When he came back to Earth, he started developing the sounds he heard from heaven with his friend called Dr. Moog, and together with him, they created the sound synthesizer. Every keyboard has eight patterns of him. He died in 2018 with over 350 patterns to his fame in America. Now, we don't publicize what Christians do. Is that impact from one Christian who heard one word from God or was transported in his prayer
0: time? You see why
1: it's important to be, to, to live your life in the spirit and to experience the supernatural? George Washington Carver, a Christian man who lived during the times of slavery, was praying and he prayed and asked God, God, show me your wonders. And God said, my wonders are too big for you to comprehend I will show you the wonders of the peanut. He was an agronomist. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he was able to develop over 300 recipes using both the soya bean and the peanut. And he has patented over 180 agricultural patents to his name. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Now when we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, we are not talking about just shaking and feeling good. You know, the Holy Spirit can make you smart. The Bible says he has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power of love and of sound mind. That word sound mind there does not imply absence of madness. It implies super intelligence. When we get saved, we do not remove the mind. We renew the mind by the word of God when the Holy Spirit sends a prophetic word to us. That's why a pastor is always saying, oh, it's good, do it in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Live in the spirit. Pray. Because when you pray, And you are not praying because you have needs. It's good to pray because you have needs. That has its place. But you are praying because you need just fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And with God. He never paid attention to the prophet. The next point is For you to get to step into the next season, you have to align yourself with the season or realize when you have been aligned
0: circumstantially. The lepers never heard the prophet speak, but they picked
1: the spirit of the season. They never heard him speak. They were at the gate. They had been kicked out of the city because of their condition. But you know, their condition was an alignment in disguise. Because where would the food be sold? At the gate, right? So the gate was the hotspot of this prophetic word. This is where it would happen. And they happened to be there circumstantially. They were aligned. (laughs) There are some things you may be crying to God about, but actually they are not problems. They are alignments in disguise. I do not believe God wants his children to suffer. But if you have suffered, God has a system of paying you back. When the devil attacks you and tries to push you to a certain corner, God goes around him. And when he thinks he has pulled his last card, they were waiting to die, according to them. They knew they were supposed to die. But you know something? When we pray, there are prayers called petitions. I know now you don't need education on that. We have had very many. These last two months was petitions week. And petitions month and petitions year in every court in this country. People thinking injustice was not, justice was not delivered to them. There are people who have been very faithful tithers, very faithful givers, very faithful Christians. But they have not yet seen
0: what they have been praying to God for.
1: Is it possible to be a tither and go through some problems momentarily? Yes. It is possible. I want to show you something. First Peter chapter five, verse ten. God has He does not put suffering on His children, but when sufferings come, God will always pay us back. So let's read together. What does it say? And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who imparts all blessings and favor, who has called you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will do what? Will himself complete and make you what you ought to be, establish and grant you securely, and strengthen and settle you. Who will do that? Himself. So stop calling him and telling him, He knows he will come himself. So please hold on and just be still and see the salvation of the Lord. The word has not failed in your life. Keep on believing, keep on staying there. They, they, they were sensitive. You know, the aim of most problems in our lives is to take us out of the realm of the spirit and bring us to the realm of the flesh. That's how you lose your battle. You start talking about your problem. Glorify your problem. Talk about the devil and what he is doing and how he's pushing you, how you don't know where to go, how you don't know this and that. Oh, this country, this, this continent. Oh, oh, you know why do we always think we need to go somewhere? In fact, nowadays, we don't believe in going somewhere. We believe in being thrown somewhere. You know? Align yourself. If you're in the right place at the right time, In the right condition in the spirit, God has a way of connecting you to the next level. Align yourself.
0: They were sensitive in the spirit. Ask your
1: neighbor, what do you sense? What do you you sense? We can say all these other things, but what do you sense? Are you in the spirit? I know business has not been good. They are retrenching people. Are you going to run in the flesh and be mad and yell at God? You know, one time when I was struggling in poverty, I was selling some some few things
0: in Soweto. And
1: not South Africa. (laughs) Soweto, East Nairobi. (laughs) I cried to God. You know, I was a radical Pentecostal. Like, God, I know you have my money in heaven. I need my money. I have suffered enough. I believe it now. I stand on your word. I take it in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's just consoling yourself. And the Holy Spirit was like, stop. And he took me through scripture.
0: And he told me, we don't have money in heaven. <laughs> it's true.
1: He taught me, give, and it shall come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. men, not angels. The money you need right now is in someone's bank account or pocket. But how you deal with God determines how he sends people to you.
0: And I love their wisdom. They said, we have three directions to take. All of these three directions will lead to death. We have three risks to take. But
1: the most profitable one seems to be the most dangerous. Because the enemy is there. Next point is I will not dwell on that because Pastor has spoken to us about that. Don't make choices by fear. Don't even pray because you are fearful. Deal with fear
0: in your life. Don't fear. I see these are lepers.
1: and they are making determinations and I like their determination. Say, so we sit here, we die, if we go back, we will die with the people, if we go there, we will die. Lakini, lao, tutakuwa tumenusa chapati, you know? <laughs> if you operate by wisdom, you will not fear. You see these guys, they, they just made a wise decision. They said, Let's go to the camp of the enemy. If they spare us, they spare us. If we die, we will have died anyway. At least, even if you know the devil will kill you, don't grant him the opportunity to mark your grave. Decide where you want to die. Be bold. Even if you know your business is going to close, Don't allow the devil to design the style in which it is going to close. Don't. Fear hands over everything to the devil.
0: Everything. Everything.
1: Don't fear. Be bold. Bold. The Bible says that the children of light, the children of God, the born again Christian, They are as bold as lions. Boldness is not in shouting. Boldness is in decision making. I repeat again, boldness is not in shouting. You can shout and you are not bold. The decision to stay put manifests your boldness. So
0: your neighbor, are you bold?
1: When you close your business for a week and go and seek the Lord, are you bold enough to do that when the Lord tells you to do so? Are you bold enough to give a million and remain with 200,000? I tell you, this a time I went to speak somewhere and I was given 2.1 million. That, that, those years, a young man from the village who had never touched a loan of 50,000. And then when we are praying in the spirit, the Lord says to me, and you know, The Lord allowed me to stay with the 2.1 for about two weeks. That's when you don't sleep. You buy everything in your village. And then I went into a meeting and we are praying and we are worshipping the Lord. And the man of God started sending an appeal of people who want to partner. And the Holy Spirit says give him the whole $30,000. If you think I say that you are mistaken. <laughs> I bound the devil and I continued worshiping. And the more I continued worshiping, the more the Lord kept waiting for me to respond until I realized this thing is not ending. Moi I'm a Because I'm giving that money and I'm remaining with two hundred dollars. Sometimes boldness dictates, you know. I, I prayed, and since that day, I learned something. The devil will never tell you to give to the work of God. So when you hear a voice telling you give to the work of God, do it. You can repent later. <laughs> I gave, within 14 days of giving my $2.1 million, The Lord blessed me so much. It took me three years to know what he had done and the value of it. Three years.
0: So the things you hear in the spirit, do them. You have been
1: positioned. Number, is that number eight or nine? But whatever, the next point in the new move of God for your life, there is a financial and economic component to it. Every new move of God
0: requires heavy funding. And God will give you the resources to just do that. But for you to lay hold of the
1: resources God has for you, you've got to deal with the scarcity mindset.
0: I'm not talking about
1: just poverty mindset, but the scarcity mindset. They believe that there will never be enough. So, you must have all you need to have and secure it for the future. Let me tell you something. How many bales of unga can you buy to save for a problem that will last up to 2032? Even if you can afford it's a scarcity mindset. Deal with it. Deal with it and deal with it very quickly. This is the God we serve. He blesses us liberally. In fact, our our budgets are the smallest portions in what God wants to give us. But we see it the other way. I like to say this, when it comes to finances, Everyone has spectacles. The scarcity mindset has a spectacle called needs. You see your salary, your profits, and everything you see, you are located to a need. Your need.
0: That's how you fail. The abundance mindset has spectacles called purpose. I will not use
1: money to fulfill anything that is outside God's purpose for my life. I'm very generous, but I'm not aphazardly generous. I use my money like arrows because it's not mine. The Holy Spirit gives me the direction where God wants me to send what he gave me. Until you see yourself as a distributor, until we redefine wealth not as a place of achievement, but as a place of responsibility. If I could stop praying to God to make me a millionaire and start being faithful and accurate with what I have,
0: then that prayer will answer itself. I'll tell you,
1: the human effort can give you so much and take it away from you so quickly. But the blessing of God does not bring sorrow.
0: This is how the enemy traps people in the scarcity mindset.
1: He creates his own set of wisdom and he convinces people that it is wisdom. Have you ever heard people say, well, money can buy you a bed but not sleep. If you have not suffered like me, You don't know the pain of sleeping on a floor without a mattress. You can buy into that lie. For me, I would rather have the bed and lack sleep. I'll take sleeping pills. (laughs) Are you kidding me? It's the wisdom of this world. God wants you to prosper in all ways. Oh, money can buy you a ticket to London, but not to heaven. There's no London in heaven. If you don't go to London now, you will never go to London in heaven. <laughs> the devil keeps tricking us. Tricking us into the scarcity mindset. It shows you there is not enough for you. Let me tell you something. The kingdom of God has more than enough for you. Amen. He is therefore now able to do exceeding abundantly above. Those are the measures of the kingdom. Exceeding abundantly and. It's more. He gives you liberally. You know, Pastor, God has all the money that is needed for this church in place somewhere. What God is looking for is faithful people he can give and instruct to bring. And trust that they will not be driving a VX with this church's money. Because they were given, they were instructed, and they never obeyed. When it comes to resources, it is a capacity issue. How much can you handle? How much can you take? How much money can it take to remove you from this church? (laughs) And we pray for you here to become, and the Lord has really helped you through the word, and now... I don't know what happens.
0: Money added to folly at times.
1: The Holy Spirit wants to bring finances. He wants to bring wisdom. He wants to bring knowledge. He wants to bring understanding. And he wants to bring health. He doesn't want You to become a millionaire and spend millions in hospital. He wants to heal you. Number six, this is where the rubber meets the road. The next point is faith action. It's not enough to believe. The Bible says even the devil himself believes. And he even trembles because of believing. That's the devil. But then, when you have heard, when you have received, when you have believed, you seek wisdom and understanding and direction to take action. Somebody say, action. It can just be all good reasoning and good things and good saying and eloquent preaching. Anybody can talk. They say talk is cheap. But the Lord is saying this is action time. Teachings about prayer are very sweet. The revelation of them, oh, good. Teachings about giving can really wow you. But the Lord says it's action time. Make time once in a while, or every time if you can, attend the prayer meeting. Not because you have needs. Don't wait until you have needs. Just come in. There's always an atmosphere here on Wednesday, you know. Let's be practical. I don't like talking about things out there in the thin air. There's always an amazing presence of the Holy Spirit here every Wednesday. When I'm around, sometimes I don't really want to miss that. Because I know when God says pray or be in the presence, I I need some atmosphere that activates me towards that.
0: and i would rather discuss that than politics or watch soccer i said or watch soccer
1: <laughs> i said or watch soccer world cup is coming god bless our wednesdays and even sundays afternoon when there is world cup sometimes people are here but they are somewhere in Europe. They are physical, here in in the physical, but their minds are elsewhere. You know, the Christian life and life in general is like that soccer. There are players and spectators. There are those who are paid to play. Those who pay to
0: watch choose one
1: become a player in the spiritual in the spiritual realm by being in the spirit, attend, take action you have a calling for your life, take action, don't say oh." I I know I'm cold, but I was discouraged in that other church. Let me tell you something. You'll be discouraged everywhere until you mature. That's what I realized. You will be gossiped everywhere until you realize gossip makes you very popular. It's free marketing. So if the people you clean the church with gossip you, come here early, do the cleaning by yourself, give them enough time to gossip you. That's how popular you have become. You see, we like whining about small things and we hinder ourselves from action because we think we are victims. You're a victim of no one. I know you may have been hurt somewhere but you are not a victim of anyone. Take action. Luke chapter eleven, verse twenty seven. I'm finishing, my time is up. Luke eleven, twenty seven to twenty eight TPT. Can we read? Yes, said Jesus, but God will bless all who will listen to the word of God and carefully obey everything they hear. Now Jesus has just healed somebody, a man, and there is a debate about whether it's the Spirit of God or is using um, evil spirits to cast out demons. And um, this person after deliverance, one woman is so blessed. What does she say? Blessed is, you guys read the Bible on your own. I know you do. Blessed is the womb that gave birth. And Jesus says, yes. He doesn't say, I receive. Because blessings don't come that cheap. I mean, if they did, how many people have blessed you? Honestly, it's good to bless with your mouth, but it's something, it should be something more than that and deeper than that. Otherwise, if it was that way, I would just sit in my house and tell my wife, bless me until I become a millionaire. She says, I, blessed art thou. Yes, I receive. Amen. It is so. I take all of it. I believe it. I'm a millionaire now in Jesus' name. Amen. It's That's dealing with Jesus professionally. But he said, yes. He said, God bless the one who gave you birth and nursed you as a child. Then he says, yes. Let's go to verse 28. It says, yes, said Jesus. But God will bless some people. All. That makes you a candidate. Who listen to the word of God and carefully obey everything. Not some things. This is not something you do some select selection. I will obey the word about uh, prayer. I will not obey about give. this. Is not a bouquet
0: or a buffet.
1: You don't choose what you want to obey and leave some things. Now, if you are in this service and you are not born again, I've seen people make choices. I, I want you to pray for me to be healed, but I don't want to be saved. You know, I, I don't mean to judge anyone. You can dance around the Lord all you want until you realize he has a system of doing things. And when you align yourself is when you get the whole package. I don't mean God cannot heal you because you're not born again. I simply mean you need to to just understand you have to obey everything you hear. John chapter 2, verse 4 and 5.
0: Jesus replied,
1: let's read together. Jesus replied, my dear one, don't you understand that if I do this, it won't change anything for you, but it will change everything for me. My hour of unveiling my power has not yet come. The next verse, Mary then went to the servers and told them, whatever Jesus tells you, make sure you do it. Now it's very easy when you read it, but when he tells you to do something you don't agree or you don't think makes sense, would you do it? Remember sometime in 2004, I was visiting America for the first time and I was to do my connection from O'Hare, Chicago, to Los Angeles airport. Coming from Nairobi, I never seen an airport big as that. I only knew if you get into the airport, you are in international or local. I didn't know what a concourse is. So I was dropped in one concourse, I was supposed to take the air train to another concourse But poor me, I kept looking at the screen and checking, looking at my boarding pass and yeah, my flight is not yet on those screens until it was almost one hour. I went and asked someone, he said, you are in the wrong concourse. I said, wait a minute, what is a concourse? So he looks at me and he's like, okay, let me explain to you. A concourse is just a section of an airport, just to save your time. Go through that door. You will see the air train. I don't know what an air train is. I know Kenya (laughs) Railways. Get in there and ask someone you go to concourse C. I said, okay. I went. I didn't know the whole thing would take so much time. By the time I got to Concourse C it was 30 minutes to the flight. So I stood there, the lines are long. In America you have to line up even if you're a president. So there is no man of God thing. So (laughs) I stood there and I knew I had no phone with a sim card where I can call my host and if they missed me they wouldn't know when I would go next because I had no way of communicating. No laptop, nothing. I only had my Kenyan SIM card. No roaming those days. So as I stood there, I saw one
0: empty check-in desk for the first class.
1: And the Holy Spirit told me, go there. I'm like, I'm not flying. I'm on economy, not for- he said, Go there. I just went there. When I got there, she, a lady, a white lady, came and said, Oh, welcome. You, so you're flying fast with us? Let me see your boarding pass. Are you flying with us? You know what the Holy Spirit told me to say? I still laugh at myself since then. The Holy Spirit said, Just say, I'm from Africa. <laughs> You see, I told you he has a sense of humor. (laughs) I couldn't believe that is the statement that took me to the flight. She looked at me and said, oh, so sorry, you are going to miss your, you have anywhere you are going to sleep here, we have to put you in the next place. I'm from Africa. (laughs) I look so dummy and I'm, she said, okay, wait a minute, she picked a call. I have a man here, he's late for his flight. Please don't close the door, the gates. I'm, I'm bringing over, he's from Africa. He doesn't know where he's going. <laughs> and so she told me, take your carry-on luggage. And she, she went through the lines, went to security check. It's urgent, I have a man from Africa. <laughs> He doesn't know how to get through this. Help me. I'm trying to get him to the gate before the, the, the flight leaves him. He, and she ran. We ran. She was a little bit big, but she outran me. Went all the way to the gate. When we got close, she was like, I have the man from Africa. <laughs> and that's how the Holy Spirit got me to Los Angeles on time. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. I say it again. Whatever he tells you to do, let's all stand up on our feet. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Do it. Do it. it. It may look risky, but you will see results. Results are in doing what the Lord tells you to do. If he tells you to sit, just sit. If he tells you, let me have the worship him. If, if he tells you to pray, just pray. If he tells you to do something, it tells you to go around the walls of Jericho, just do it. It will cost you nothing. You have everything to gain. And this year in this service, this afternoon. I just sense the presence of God in this service. He he wants to do some specific things with each and every one of us. Some of us here have heard from the Lord clearly and you now feel you have the faith to do it. This is the moment this is the time. Don't delay God's timing for your life. Don't postpone it. It's now. It's today. Some of you have diseases. You've been told there is no cure. And God, by his spirit, has taught you through the word and by conviction that you can believe him. And are you feel in the presence of God. You can believe him again. He wants to do it. God wants you connect to results through action. When they took those steps of faith towards the enemy, there was movement in the spirit world. In the spiritual realm, there were chariots. What the enemy had was true. The enemy had chariots of heaven only that he thought they were from Egypt. Anytime you take a step of faith in response to a word spoken to you by the spirit a rema word heaven sends you immense backup immense a divine accompaniment of angels and the power to deliver what you need not just for you but for your generation remember when they got there they thought all this was theirs they started hiding God wants to make you a distributor of blessings A distributor of money, a distributor of information, a distributor of resources, a distributor of opportunities. This is not just about you. And that is why it is so critical for you to take that step today in his presence. Just lift our hands before him all be still in the presence of the Holy Spirit, just still, allow him to speak to you, give you direction, give your wisdom in silence.
0: speaking to you right now
1: block everything that is trying to distract you and just focus on him let him become real to you more than anything in this service and anyone around you begin to worship Him quietly from the wells of your spirit. Worship Him quietly from the wells of your spirit. Let your spirit join together with Him.